back to Living Color Abroad. I'm your host, Angel Rodriguez. And in this episode, you'll be listening to Julio and Hannah, who are living abroad in Brazil. The only way I can say it. <laughs> they're living abroad in Brazil. And they're going to talk to us about why they decided to move from Costa Rica, where I met them, my former colleagues and now good friends, all the way to South America, to Brazil. What it's like to raise their first child, Mateo, and be parents in Brazil. To describe their interactions with Brazilian people, what the culture is like there compared to their past experiences elsewhere abroad, some of their favorite Brazilian phrases, which I love, and finally, what they each are looking for out of this experience in Brazil. Hope you enjoy. This is In Living Color Abroad. Please welcome Hannah and Julio to the podcast. How are you guys doing? Welcome to In Living Color Abroad. Hello, it's uh, nice to be here again. Um, I've been waiting since we moved. We <laughs> talked about the documentary, so I'm pretty excited. Hola, bom noite, gente. We are coming in from Porto Alegre, Brazil. Oh, wow, really bringing that culture right away. <laughs> Damn, we are... <laughs> Hey, uh, you know, I'm the I'm the leche of this cafe leche, so I need to <laughs> Shout out to Cafe Con Leche, uh episode seventy-eight, check that out. <laughs> so no, I'm very happy for uh for those listening, you might not know Hannah Julio are. They were my colleagues here in Costa Rica for two years and became really good friends. And they unfortunately moved with their adorable baby, my little nephew, <laughs> Mateo, to Brazil. And also, Julio was a previous guest on the podcast, episode four. Episode four. This is episode 80, guys. You realize that? <laughs> I am an OG. Shout out to He was, and Julio, you were my only in-person interview, too. You were my interview in person. <laughs> Uh, it feels good to be the first. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to have a mic, so the quality was shit, but it was a great conversation. Oh, man. And Hannah was there listening. Now Hannah's in on it. I love it. I love it. All right. Let's get right to it. Let's get right to it. I'm getting carried away. I'm too excited. All right. Each of you, please introduce yourselves. Um, hi. Uh, my name is Julio, and uh, I've been a teacher for, I think, nine years now. Uh, I now teach uh, AP Research and AP World History at... Pan American School of Porto Alegre, Brazil. And I am Hannah, and I am Julio's fiance. And I also teach, and I teach math and science in sixth through twelfth grade at Pan American School here in Porto Alegre, Brazil. Awesome, awesome. And obviously, this episode will be titled Brazil. So only, that's the only way I can say Brazil now, because not only because you guys are there, but I think of Fast and the Furious when uh, Van, Vin Diesel, I forget which one, and he's like, this is Brazil. And that's the only way I can say Brazil it, now, I can't. <laughs> I think it's uh, Fast and the Furious 23. <laughs> <laughs> it might be that one. <laughs> All right. So let, let, let's go back a little bit in time, right? Because obviously you guys were here in Costa Rica and now you're in Brazil. At what point in your guys' relationship did you know that you wanted to leave Costa Rica? Oh, I mean, we talk about Costa Rica often. Costa Rica for me still feels pretty like much like home. So I don't I don't know. I think when we when we found out we were pregnant, we realized we were gonna have to be supporting financially not just us, but a third person. We thought <laughs> <laughs> what else is out there? 
Yeah, I don't know. Uh, for the listeners who don't know, our son is actually uh, born in Costa Rica. So Costa Rica, I think there's less than 12 countries worldwide where you can be born with citizenship. Uh, like the United States, Costa Rica is one of them. So our son actually has dual citizenship, both from Costa Rica and the United States. Um, but I think, yeah, it was around that time, um, as you know, and as if some of your listeners have gone to Costa Rica, it is an expensive place to live in. Um, mm-hmm. And so it, it, we had to think now just not only about us, but also about saving for the future of our of our uh, baby boy, Mateo. So that was kind of like an incentive to look elsewhere. Right, right. And I mean, it's so crazy, right? You guys are parents, right? Even when I saw Mateo for the first time, I'm like, wow. Who you had are parents? Like they have a child. Look, this is a human being they're holding in their hands. Like this is, it took a lot of process. Even you guys saw me, you guys were pregnant. It took a lot of process, you know. Um, so take us through that, Hannah. Right, you you become pregnant, and you, this is in your mind, like you said, financially we need to support another person. So what was the process like of finding a place where, you're like, yeah, this makes sense for not just for Julio, for me, but also Mateo? What was that process like of finding the place that made the most sense? Um, we, I don't think we were, we felt ready to leave the Americas. Like we knew we were interested in staying in Central America or move to South America. Um, Spanish is a language Julio speaks fluently and yo puedo hablar en español también. And then Portuguese, Julio can also speak pretty much fluently and estado aprendiendo portugués agora. And, uh, so Brazil was a big option as well. And, um... I mean, we're looking for a place, obviously, that was, you know, safe because we're going to have a, a baby with us. And I don't know, a Porto Alegre popped on the map from um, a job fair, I think. And we just it was one of the first schools we looked at and interviewed. And we just did a little bit of online searching, not too much because, you know, any, you know, data from all over can tell you different things about mm. a city. So I think our biggest thing came from when we talked to current and former um, teachers at the school. They kind of gave us what we felt was the most authentic data about living and working in Porto Alegre. I mean, at the same time, it's like um, Mateo was not even born yet. We were looking into the job fair somewhere around November. And Mateo was probably like two months in Hannah's belly. And um, when he was born, we we he was actually only three like months. Five. Four months. Four months. Four months. (laughs) And when he was born in April, uh, we moved in July. So he was three months old. So moving to a new country with a newborn is uh, quite an experience. (laughs) I think for the most part, it went pretty smooth. But yeah, like Hannah said, we were looking to not leave the Americas. Most of our offers were in the Middle East or in Asia. And we really didn't want to do that. However, even though we're still in the Americas, we're so far down south. Uh, yeah, the flight home. We just we just got back. It's it was like eleven hours, um, and so uh, yeah. I mean, from New York to Paris, I think it's like eight. Yeah. So we are like distance wise, we're still in the kind of the same continent, right? Two continents, but we're still pretty close. However, it feels very very different. Right, right. But uh, yep. We like um, our, our current boss. Actually, the people that hired us left the school, so we were hired by a group of individuals. And when we got to school, those individuals were no longer here. And a lot of it had to do because of COVID, right? People, 
were in quarantine for a year, didn't know if they were going to have to quarantine again. So they wanted to kind of make sure they saw family and some of them went back home to the U.S. Mm -hmm. So tell us about Porto Alegre. I know absolutely nothing about Porto Alegre. Obviously, as you said, it's further south and on the, and on the east coast of Brazil. And Brazil, as we know, is a huge country. So what, what should our listeners know about Porto Alegre? Well, I'm not a Texan, but Julio is. So from an outsider's perspective of Texas, I picture the state that we live in here in Brazil, Rio Grande do Sul, to be like the Texas of Brazil for multiple reasons. Yeah, I think uh, I didn't know this coming in. One of our, um, our our principals at the school we work at, he used to work in Dallas, so he used to live in Texas. Um, but the reason why we say that is, um, just like Texas, Rio Grande do Sul, which is our state, um, it tried to rebel against the um, federal government of Brazil, and it tried to gain independence as its own standing state. Texas is very proud of being a country for a republic for 10 years in its early history. And so Rio Grande do Sul is very proud of being from this state. Like people are first from Rio Grande and then they're Brazilian. It's kind of like Texas, right? You're first a Texan and then, uh, yeah, you happen to belong to, to the country of the United States, right? But you're, you're a Texan first. So that culturally, to me, was very welcoming. The culture is also very cowboy style. They call it gaucho. Uh, just like in Argentina and in Uruguay, these are these cowboys that um, raise cattle. Uh, barbecuing is a big thing down here. They call it chujasco. Um, and so... Yeah, it's very much like the Texas of Brazil. And we're in a city, so the gauchos are kind of further out, let's say. Um, the the urban living here is definitely different than Costa Rica in the sense of, I mean, there's amazing plant life in the city. For it being a city, it's got beautiful trees, beautiful plants. Um, but I don't know, it's, it's, it's a city. It's really neat. There's a ton <laughs> of food. There's really so good much food. good food here. Yeah, there's really good food. Uh, the other thing that people should know is there's a huge park culture. Brazilians yeah. love to tan, uh, whether they're at the beach or not. And so every neighborhood has these like neighborhood parks that on Saturdays and Sundays you'll see 500 people there with their shimahau. Shimahau is like their local um mate tea that they drink and they'll drink it whether it's cold or it's hot outside and uh you see them just taking their little picnic chairs and or picnic blankets and just being at the park uh from around 12 in the middle of the day all the way until sunset uh but you'll see them like even on the side of the highway they'll just you know pull up People a chair yeah and start drinking their shima house so it's it's at first we were like what are those people doing sitting down just watching <laughs> But yeah, people just like to sit wherever and start talking to each other. So park culture is really big. And um, yeah, a lot of small clothes. Like guys play volleyball and like little, what do they call it? Like, <laughs> like speedos. <laughs> and, uh, females, yeah. Yeah, and females go on walks with like breast ears on. Like and, bikini tops. Yeah. Like no one wears clothes down. <laughs> and it's kind of stereotypical what you might picture Brazil right, to be. Right, definitely. <laughs> yeah, and you also happen to see like these... Uh, you know, older dudes, uh, all great hair, just walking around, no worries, uh, without shirts. And it just, it's, it's really funny. Just shades, no shirt, real orange, just walking down the street. <laughs> oh, man, that's hilarious. I mean, I think it's a, you guys put a pretty good description of uh, Porto Alegre. So let's talk about how that works. So Brazil, obviously, being the country, you said uh, 
Rio, right? It's not the R. Rio Grande de, de Azul, that is the state. And then Porto Alegre is the city? Yeah. yeah, so we live in Porto Alegre, which is the capital of Rio Grande do Sul, which okay. is the state. Brazil is the country. Got it. Okay. And what's the population of the the city, uh, the capital, Porto Alegre? It's about 5 million, like the capital and its neighborhood. Um, yeah, because I remember we compared it to Costa Rica, which is right about 5 million. The entire population of the country. <laughs> we're like, God, the city we're moving to is going to be the size of might be a little less. <laughs> That's yeah, crazy. It's, it's a big city. I mean, but it doesn't feel like a big city. We are centrally located. We live in a uh, neighborhood called Petropolis, and it's centrally located. So everything is like 15 minute drive um, from wherever we're at. Right, like going to the airport is within 15 minutes. Uh, going to the edge of the river um, is about yeah about 15 minutes right mm -hmm. so everywhere going to work we walk to work so that's really cool we walk to work and it takes 15 minutes to walk yeah. there so whether <laughs> we're on a car or whether we're walking it's 15 minutes away no matter where we're going right 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 so let's talk about some things obviously describing where you live but what are some things that you thought about even before you got there you mentioned safety and one of the one of the I think the biggest concerns from anyone that hasn't been to Brazil I haven't been to Brazil and I think even if you were to Google Brazil, the first thing you come up on Google search, one of the first things is, is it safe, right? Is Brazil safe? Is these different places safe? So was safety a huge concern for you when you knew you were going to live there in Porto Alegre? Or are you like, nah, this sounds like it's going to be cool? We, I remember we looked at some like statistics, you know, I forgot what database we used, where we looked at what was the, let's call it the safety rating for Costa Rica, you mm -hmm. know, a place that we knew versus... This other place that we were looking at or other cities that we were looking at. Um, and so it was definitely a factor. It was definitely something that we researched ahead of time. Uh, I'd say pleasantly surprised getting here. Um, I feel less uh, apprehensive than I did kind of thinking about it coming in. Yeah, I, I think... We, I, I mean, first and foremost, for all the listeners out there, um, if you have not checked the statistics for crime in Costa Rica, it's basically inexistent. We lived there for three years and we rarely saw any crime. Um, so, yeah, I think it's like if you compare Costa Rica to anything, anything is going to look bad. Like we didn't lock our apartment like ever in Costa Rica <laughs> unless we were and we leave during the day and we leave it out. We leave it off. Yeah. So when we got here, mind, I also want to let you guys know, like Hannah lived in Guatemala for one year and both of us have been to Honduras and El Salvador where you see bodyguards even at the McDonald's, right? Like armed, armed guards in front of McDonald's with um, shotguns normally, right? So we were kind of expecting something like that, favelas nearby and um, a lot of poverty, a lot of crime. And we were pleasantly surprised. Uh, Porto Alegre is kind of like the financial and medical capital of Brazil. So there's a lot of money here. Um, and unfortunately or fortunately, I, I don't know how how to describe it, but we're kind of in a bubble, right? Where there's money, there's more security, there's less crime and things like that. But um, we have heard of like pickpocketers here and there. Um, even our friends, they were they stole their phone a couple of months ago. Uh, but yeah, the security is always the back of our heads because one of the main reasons we were moving was because we wanted to provide a better future for our son. And so that's, you know, something we really cared about this time around. Pleasantly surprised, it is not how they paint it. If you watch the news worldwide, Brazil is, you know, this 
crime riddled country, but it, it really is not. Yeah, like I could go I could go run alone in Costa Rica and not feel, you know, any kind of fear or whatever. And here I can go run alone, you know, during the day and I feel totally safe. Um, you just kind of have your head on a swivel more mm. here because it's, it's a city. I mean, that's also right. a big difference is it's not just that we were changing country. We were, de- we were changing the kind of area we were living in. Right, right. And I think, Julio, you made a really good point as far as, like, the bubble, right? And I think this goes to the the whole, you know, us being expats, foreigners, whatever you want to call us, that we're working at these, you know, whether it be prestigious international schools, for-profit international schools, where, you know, obviously parents pay a significant amount of money to put these kids into school. So you better hope the surrounding area looks similar, right? <laughs> it's not going to be a very high-fee school in the middle of, like, let's say a favela or like a, like you said, a crime ridden area in Costa Rica or anywhere, right? In the world, anywhere. So I think that, that, I think that, that might, from my own perspective, because I agree with you guys as far as Costa Rica, yeah, I feel completely safe here. I never think, I never think about crime and my head's not on a swivel like it is in New York. It's definitely not on a swivel. But I wonder if, and you, I want to hear your guys' input on this, is it because there is this kind of, uh, I don't know, this, this little this layer that kind of protects us a little bit, even though we travel many places, but the fact that we are still foreigners in this land, the fact that, you know, most people know that we might be, you know, foreigners or what the case may be, that there might be this extra little layer that maybe we're not seeing or are not obviously choosing to see. What do you, what do you guys think about that? I think a bit of both. I mean, just going to the Orlets, a park along the Guayuba, which is the lake or river, depending on who you ask, still for debate, apparently, <laughs> with the lake or river. Um, you know, and there's really nice parts of it that we can go and, you know, feel safe and not think about anything. And then you get outside of those areas or across the street and there's other parts where I wouldn't necessarily feel comfortable going. Um, we... Uh, we dropped uh, Mateo off at uh, his babysitter when we went to like our work holiday party. And, you know, we got out of the Uber and we're kind of like, yikes, this is a different part of the city that we haven't seen before. (laughs) And yeah, I mean, we definitely have ignorance to some places because we don't have to be there and we can walk home or Uber back to our rather safe, comfortable place where we live and work. Yeah, I think um, I agree with Hannah, although one thing that has like really opened my eyes to living abroad is skateboarding. I've been skateboarding for a while now, I think 22 years, 23 years, I can't remember. But um, skateboarding is one of those activities that allows me to come into interactions with people of all social classes and, and backgrounds. And so first thing we did when we got here was we went to the skate shop, we got new setups. Um, and some of the locals there showed us the skate park, which is a world-renowned like skate plaza because of the pros that have come out of there. Mm-hmm. And when we go there, you see people of you know all races and all social backgrounds, and we make friends with them. And so there is part of it that if you, as an expat, do not look for, you won't find. Mm-hmm. Um, and because we could comfortably live within that bubble, you know, mm-hmm. uh, but. I, I, you know, based on my experience, it is, 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 it's very good to go and meet a lot of those locals uh, because, you know, they not only have a good insight on the city, but uh, you also get to experience that gaucho culture um, 
firsthand. We were talking about the shimahao, this mate, che mate that they, they're always drinking. There's a, they call it sha, which is tea. And mate is like yerba machi. Um, it's, it's, uh, you've probably seen a couple of like Argentinian soccer players drinking it before their games and things like that. But, um, the first week we were here, we went to the skate park with one of our friends, Palacio. Um, he was preparing his, his mate tea in the morning and you know, like with the foreigners, we would never see that right off the bat. And so he was preparing it and we were like taking pictures and video of him because <laughs> it's a good to do, you know, but again, um, you kind of have to see getting out of that bubble or else the comfort would just, you know, not let you leave. Right, right, right. No, I think that's well said. So now let's talk about, you mentioned someone that you, right, that you met or whatever, or the, the locals. So let's talk about the Brazilian people. Again, there's a million stereotypes about people from Brazil. Now you live there. And obviously Brazil's huge. So, right, as I use experience, I'm sure they, they're, the Brazilian culture looks different depending on which state you're in or whatever the case may be. But in these six, seven months in your interactions, what would you say has been like the, the few things you have picked up or learned from being around Brazilian people? Okay. They love babies. <laughs> they, they will reach into the stroller. The it middle be, of a pandemic. Listen, really? it could be, it could be a homeless man at the park. They all reach in and like, will touch the and be like, oh my gosh, a baby. They just, they love babies here. It's in, and we heard ahead of time and I, it is truer than I could ever imagine. <laughs> yeah. More than you wanted to imagine. <laughs> I don't mind. I really don't mind because you can kind of just like, Mateo's pretty flexible. You kind of just pass him off to whoever. And like, we get on a plane, right? Like we're about to board this 10-hour flight back to Brazil and it's all Brazilians and no one is giving you the stink eye. Like everyone's excited to have a baby on the plane. <laughs> A big relief. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, uh, I mean, you you are a Latino as well, but uh, even though, you know, when we think of Latino, Brazil is included, uh, but we don't speak the same language, but however, we still share a lot of the same culture. And so what I mean by that is they're very family-oriented. Um, a lot of people, I don't know, for those who are living abroad might be different, but those who are back at home in the United States, you might see work as work, and not necessarily as friends and family. Uh, but when you live abroad, like those people you work with become family, kind of like you, you know, mm-hmm. uh, you're, you're a, a tío to our, to our baby. And uh, you're not necessarily the family that we were born uh, to, but you're like family we chose. And because we're so far away from family, um, it feels very good to work here with these kind of people because the culture allows them to be very welcoming. Like anything we need, they're there and it's not superficial. Like they, mm. when they say it, and so that's something beautiful about the Brazilian people. I think as, as a Latino, we, we kind of could see it elsewhere, but it's very alive here with the Brazilians. Like Mateo literally has been in my classes while I'm teaching or Hannah's teaching and our boss is okay with it because like family comes first, you know, and um, to us, that's, you know, not only rewarding as a new family and new parents, but also like very welcoming. Mm, yeah, I mean, first, I think it's hilarious that, I mean, Hannah, obviously, I'm not a mother, and <laughs> but if I see any person that looks really like this person shouldn't be touching any person, I'm like, yo, you gotta step away. <laughs> like, you could look, yeah. you no, could like, smile. <laughs> I'm like, 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 I
<laughs> yeah, and then it's under COVID, but like it, it's funny. Like, there's this old lady who lives uh, down the street from from where we live, older lady. And uh, yeah, last time she saw Mateo, she's like, "Do you guys have a dog?" And we're like, "No, we don't have a dog." It's like, "Well, you should have a dog. Babies grow really good with dogs. They're yeah. friends and this and that." And I'm just staring at her like, "This is the first time I've ever seen you, and you're already <laughs> telling us what we should do with our kid." Uh, but I think she means well. Right, Everybody right, also, right. there's a dog so uh everybody has dogs and we're talking about like westminster championship you know right. uh, purebred dogs. The people and the dogs are beautiful yeah so it's, <laughs> it's, 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 it's they're they're very warm people very welcoming people and uh we really appreciate that about about where we live yeah, yeah I, I you hit on a point julio about the you know that they, you know, they love babies, right? It seems very genuine that they love babies. Clearly, anybody picking up a baby out there in Brazil. Nah, but <laughs> on a serious note, this thing about about it not feeling superficial, and to me that hit, that hits a chord with me because I don't know if you guys experienced this here in Costa Rica. I have to a certain degree, and I feel that Costa Ricans, and I'm making a huge generalization. So anyone listening, to Costa Rican, you know, it's just my own perception, is that it could come across as extremely superficial and inauthentic the being welcoming and being friendly and i don't i'm not saying that with every person i've experienced i just think i i notice it more being here than i have in like traveling elsewhere around the world or you obviously back home in new york like i just feel like you're being nice to be nice but i said buena nota right like to be to have to show a good face but not because you actually feel like you want to be nice. Do you guys experience some of that in Costa Rica? And do you feel like that's the stark contrast from Brazil where you're talking about is more genuine? I, to a degree, yes. Just thinking of specific examples. Um, if someone, like, we went to a, a birthday party, like, in the, in a park, right? And they do everything outdoors here because of COVID, but also because they love parks. And, you know, people said, okay, we'll be there. And, like, everyone that said they would be there showed up. And it, <laughs> <laughs> you know, the Costa Rica, uh, you know, it can there a lot of Ticos can be homebodies, and that's awesome. And But the, the downside of that is sometimes, you know, I don't know if it's the, the Pura Vida or not, but, you know, they get a, might say they'll go and then don't. And that's totally fine. Mm-hmm. And although it's nice when people do show up. So that's, <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, I still love all of my Costa Rican friends. Right, right. I love, guys, listen, I love Costa Rica. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, I think a lot of it has to do with that Pura Vida. Like, uh, yeah, I'll do it, but I'll do it tomorrow, you know. And so the, the laid back attitude, and I don't think it's personal. Mm-hmm. I think it's yeah. just part right, of, right. Of, of the Costa Rican culture, right? Um, we're reading a book called Married to a Legend by Henrietta Boggs. Boggs, who was actually the first lady of Costa Rica after the Costa Rican Civil War in the 1950s. And she talks about that in the book as well. So it's it's something that is generational. Uh, but of course, I mean, we had very good friends who were Ticos and uh, we would hang out with them, you know, and um, shout out to them because um, they're part of the reason why we still love Costa Rica, you know. Yeah. And right. so, um, but yeah, I, I think that here it's not superficial, like somebody says something and they're there for you, you know. Right. Um, and so really, we really, really like that as well. Um, and anyway, there is my boss, uh, Daniel. Uh, shout out to Daniel. I don't, I don't know if he's going to be hearing this. I'll promote it on, on <laughs> so they can listen. 
he told me the third or fourth time we met, he was like, you know, if you need anything, like I'm here. Like if you need to move a fridge, like I'm here, and I like really need it. Like I, I, I will be there for you. He's like, unless my girls need me, but if my girls don't need me, and so he like gave us, um, uh, what was it like, uh, advice for pediatricians, and now he's telling us about how to buy a car, and like it's it's really interesting because um, they mean what they say. Right. And and so it's it's rewarding to know that if you need something, they'll be there for you. And I think that's huge, right? Obviously, and again, going circling back to what Hannah said, right? What I'm I, it's based on a few times that I've experienced that. Not that all Costa Ricans like that, but I do think it's a, it's a it's a cultural thing. Like you said, it is not necessarily negative. It's just different, right? It might be viewed negative from my own perception based mm -hmm. on me being very direct, <laughs> me being born and raised in New York City, and Americans in general, right? But it's just different. Doesn't mean it's like, oh, you have to change this about you. No, it's just the way things are here, and that's that's cool. Um, but yeah, going back to your point about being like family oriented, and you say feeling authentic and genuine, I think that's a huge reason as to what might increase. Now we're going back to the work part of this. We're a nice little segue. Uh, the retention of teachers at schools, right? When you go abroad, when you feel like, whoa, this person is actually invested in me, not only just on a professional level. But a personal level, you know what I mean? Like that's that's a lot. And you know, hope, I, yeah. I like to hear this guy move a fridge with you. I think that's a good. I think you should just tell him, "Yo, come move this fridge with me," just to see if he actually come. But <laughs> but I think he, I think he will. But I think the point being is that when you feel like this place that feels, even though this might not be home for you, right, like forever, but it's it's home now. And for someone to make you feel like that in initially in these six months is a huge thing, especially because you're raising a family. And I think for any person that wants to live abroad, you got to be looking for those things. Are these people actually invested in me, not professionally, but personally? Because moving abroad, it's a lot of fucking work. Like, it's an emotional toll that it takes on an individual. And especially on multiple people, right? Especially raising a family. So when when people show this this care, right, and, and of like, you know, empathy of like, yo, I actually give a fuck about, you know, what you might be going through. Let me know. That's a, that says a lot. Especially if they follow through, right? Not just say, but actually follow through. So if you want to make a point to that. Yeah, I think that, um, you know, it's the retention, for example, one of our best friends who's going to be leaving um, this year, sadly, he's been here for like six years. Four years. This is fourth year. This is fourth year. Um, and so a lot of the teachers that do come to the school, they stay here for a while. The teacher who I'm replacing, she was here for also four years, and she just happened to go back because New Zealand was really strict on um, border closures and things like that. So she couldn't really come and go as she wanted to see her family. So she went back. But um, one of our co-workers, Leslie, she's coming back to Brazil after been having worked here for, like I think, five years. So mm. um, you do feel appreciated both uh, with the compensation that they, they do give you, but also uh, with the training. One example is like Hannah got uh, her training paid for IB um, schools, and I don't know exactly what the curriculum is, but uh, the fact that they want to invest in your education, a lot of the people from the previous cohort um, that had moved here, they're part of um, SUNY. And they're attending university. Yeah, so soon, I think it's SUNY Buffalo. They're oh, wow. Uh, shout out to SUNY oh. and New York. <laughs> yeah, similar to what you're doing there in North Anglia. They, they right. do it here as well. Um, but, I mean, they they do care. Like, moving with a newborn was very difficult and so happened that we moved in the coldest uh, day in many, many years. 
So it was like negative one Celsius or something like that, which is about like 30 degrees Fahrenheit. Uh, and it was really cold, but we were really worried about, oh, you know, we moved in late because of our visa process. It had delayed. Um, we were scared of like, how is work going to be? We need a babysitter. We need daycare. And we have, we start on Monday and it's Friday. So we have a weekend to figure all this out, but really it turned into two weeks to figure it out because our bosses were so lenient that we could go in late or take Mateo, uh, to daycare and both of us do the transition. So, um, I felt like neither Hannah nor I missed out on the adaptation for Mateo's daycare, um, nor on our classes because of how welcoming, uh, the staff really is. And I think that that allowed us to calm down our worries because we knew we were going to be um, kind of supported by the people that are around us. And I think that that was, uh, again, something that facilitated the move for sure. I don't know if Hannah agrees with me on that. Yeah, well, and it just speaks to what you asked about originally with with teacher retention. Um, when I think of my math and science department, there are people that have been there for years and lo both local and international hires. And uh, as we all know here with international teaching, that's such a big, that's such a big indicator of a school it can provide because if you've got teachers, you know, not just willing to give up, not give up their lives, but, you know, move their lives to another country and not only that, but then stay there, mm -hmm. that's a really good indicator. I mean, we were in Costa Rica for three years. You are, you're in your third year now, and I believe you said you're staying for a fourth, right? Yeah, spoiler, for that was, that's going to be an episode, Hannah. Jesus, now. <laughs> <laughs> Previous episode. I that was from your solo episode. <laughs> no, it's all good. Yeah, yeah. You heard it here, folks, guys. I will be coming back for a fourth year. <laughs> yeah, but... I mean, they haven't offered me the contract yet. I have a contract probably in March or something, but if they want me, I will be here. <laughs> well, so you know, teacher Sorry, Angel. <laughs> You're fine. Yeah, so I, I think I think that um, for the people who don't live abroad, uh, they have to kind of understand what we go through, and 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 this is like um, a roller coaster of emotions, right? Like at first, um, you wanna kind of get very excited for the move. And then you're in like what I like to call the honeymoon phase where you're in a new place and everything seems like it's roses and gold and everything's cute and nice. Um, and you fail to see like the underlinings. But when you acknowledge that so many teachers have been retained uh, and are still living here and enjoy it, then you know that that honeymoon phase, the things that you're starting to like about this city and you're liking about work, um, are, are are real that they're not going to go away in six months and you're going to feel like oh i made the wrong decision because mm -hmm. obviously these other people are still sharing some of those sentiments um like our friend ben he loves puerto alegre he's like even more gaucho than some of the people we work with he has a soccer team he supports and um you know like he gets into arguments with the locals about brazilian <laughs> culture because you know he feels very uh, uh, uh kind of adapted to it mm -hmm. and as an anecdote Going back to how Brazilians are, we were coming out of um, a mall not too long ago, um, and there are two ladies out there talking to us. One of them is telling us that they own a daycare and whatnot, and of course, they're paying attention to Mateo, and the lady's like, he's Brazilian, right? He's Brazilian, because we told her we just moved, and he's obviously a baby. We're like, no, no, no. <laughs> Born in Costa Rica, and then she was like, oh, but she's going to get pregnant, and she's going to have uh. another Brazilian. <laughs> 
And I was like, no, she's like, she's pregnant. I'm like, no, no, she's not. She's not pregnant. <laughs> we just had one. Uh, but like, they want, you know, they know it's Brazil is another country where you have citizenship upon birth. And so they want us to have another kid and they'd want us to stay here longer. You know, mm-hmm. like people like our guards or our neighbors, they they kind of want you to stay here because, you know, you are, you are adopted very quickly. Mm-hmm. And for the point I was trying to make was, the job you take or the life you're going to get is going to have to provide a lot because what we give up being uh, with our families for birthdays or being with our families for certain holidays mm-hmm. or, you know, the weddings or, or deaths of family members, like we don't get to easily just go to all these things. So, yeah, uh, it's a decision we made, but it is tough on us. Mm-hmm. And so I think that it's kind of like a, it has to be a bigger incentive to what we're giving up. And I feel like Brazil is providing that for us, you know, preach. and we still get to see. Family. Right. Preach, preach. No, I think, I think, I mean, to, I think to put a nice little bow on that part is the fact that pay compensation, personal care, genuine personal care and professional growth. If you can hit on all those three, not many do, but <laughs> can't why retention and generally speaking, international schools, like you said, Hannah, is one to two years. You, me being here my thirty, I'm a vet. <laughs> I've seen you guys leave. I've seen other people leave. Right, like it's crazy. So, and I'm going to my fourth year. That's like that's like rarefied air for like you know <laughs> for certain for certain you know expats, foreigners, or whatever. So, I think the compensation has to be right. You got to feel like you could you could grow personally in the place. You like, could feel like it could actually feel like a home temporarily speaking or or, or or permanently and you got to feel you grow professionally right because obviously we're work we're working we're working people so you want to obviously grow in the profession that we're in so i think that's a nice bow on that so now let's shift to obviously little baby little baby mateo how do you say mateo in portuguese mateos mateos with an s yeah mateos i love it i love it i love mateos so little baby mateos um what I mean, I could just ask this very broadly. You guys go go wherever you want with it. But what is it like raising a how many months? Ten now, just about ten. Wow, time fucking flies. Oh my god, he was like a little ball when I <laughs> so. I told her pregnant. I feel like that was a week ago. Ten month, ten month, Mateus. What is that like? Tell me, what's it like being parents, yo? Well, I mean, we were just walking down the street to pick him up, and I turned to Hula and I was like, "Can you believe we're parents? Like, isn't this so weird with baby?" She asks that every day. <laughs> so the sentiments you were sharing earlier about how crazy that is, like we go through that on a daily basis as well. I mean, honestly, to me, it's 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 very rewarding. Like last night, he woke up at four in the morning and he didn't want to go back to sleep, but that's because. Um, he slept since like 5 p.m., you know, and he was sleeping on my chest. I watched the USA versus Canada game, which is like a really good game. Um, then I watched the Mexico-Costa Rica game, and he was still sleeping on me, so I didn't <laughs> mind. But I knew that the repercussions of that was he's going to wake up early because he went to sleep early. So uh, even then, when he wakes up and he smiles at you or he starts clapping for no reason, you're like, oh, okay, this is good. I haven't <laughs> slept, but it's yeah really cute um it's nice i mean it's nice being parents here i don't know why i don't know if it's our perception of it but it appears to be that parents here of babies around mateo's age are a lot older than us Mm. um 
And I don't know, again, if going back to what I had mentioned earlier about Puerto Alegre being this like um, kind of medical and, and, and financial capital of Brazil uh, has anything to do with even females, you know, pushing their um, pregnancy periods further back, you know, because they're getting their profession or whatnot. Um, but like at the daycare where we take Mateo, we are the youngest parents. And um, are we? That, I think so, right? That's wild. We, at least... <laughs> Parents, we might be the youngest looking parents there. Um, <laughs> and even when we parents like at the malls where we go and buy him uh, baby things, we're like, wait, like, why do they look a lot older than us, right? <laughs> so uh, we're, we're, we're 30 years old, uh, around 30 years old, average. I'd say average. Uh, won't say who's old. But uh, yeah, it's, it's interesting being parents here. The other thing is everybody likes asks, like, what is he going to speak? Is he going to speak English? Is he going to speak Spanish? Because that's what uh, my two first languages, Hannah, obviously English and uh, or Portuguese. His daycare is all in Portuguese. Um, I at home, I try I try as much as I can to speak to him in Spanish. We listen to Spanish music and whatnot. And then Hannah uh, talks to him in English. So uh, we don't know what his first word will be, but that's one thing. We It's good that we feel as comfortable as we do because we want to stay here so that he is fluent uh, in Portuguese. And, and that would be his third language. Yeah. Yeah, being a parent is pretty badass. I like a lot more than I thought I was going to. And I don't know. Mateo's just cool. Like he it's it's motivating to be his his mom because he's just a cool dude. Yeah. Very chill. <laughs> the other time we went to this uh Distrito Cuatro, which is like the craft brewery area of Porto Alegre. Um and I had bought tickets, Hannah did not know. So I bought tickets for the street festival. Um we go and I don't know how it works. So we go, we get dropped off. They're like, No, you have to pick up your bracelet at this place, right? And we're pushing the stroller. We're like, God damn, you know, everybody's in their twenties, they're all young hipsters, they're trying to look for craft beer and whatnot. Um and so we finally get our bracelets and when we're going back, we go to this bar and we go back to the corner because obviously the music's too loud for the baby and we're trying to feed him. And then this little girl comes over and uh, she's like, hey, talking to us, we're like, hi. And she's trying to talk to Mateo. She's maybe like six or seven. And then the mom comes right behind her and she's like, told us like, you guys are brave. You know, I, I've brought her out since she was a baby and it's really nice to see other parents here and whatnot. <laughs> Um, so we went to other bars because it's kind of like a bar hopping thing in the afternoon with street art and music and all that. Um, and it was nice to see that other bars had accommodations like little swing sets or, or slides because there are a lot of 30 something years old that have babies, but they're not giving up their old life. You know, mm. it's not like we're going to get hammered with Mateo, but <laughs> we're going to go and have three beers, you know, and, and, and we're going to Uber back home. Um but uh, it's nice to know that you can, you don't have to give up your former life to be a parent. And that's one thing that, that we, I think, appreciate about the city. Yeah. And, and whether it's, I think, this, to acknowledge the, the resources that the city provides, like Julio mentioned about, like even bars being kid friendly. I think that that's one reason why we've enjoyed it so much is because we're still, I don't know, I feel like we're still the same people. We were pre Mateo. Yeah. In a good way. I mean, also, hopefully a little bit more. We found this new spot near the river um, this weekend, and we went there, we ate some pizza, had some craft beer and whatnot. Um, 
and uh, we were like, oh, you know, it's we're here with a baby, and we turned back, and there's these a uh, group of people with buckets of beer and they had twins, like two little <laughs> twin girls. And I thought, oh, you know, it's not bad we're out here doing it. We're just having one. They had like six buckets or something like that. But, you know, power to the parents out there who can be parents and don't have to give up, you know, part of what they really enjoy doing. Right, right. I, I think that's an important point for all, any 30, 30-year-old people's listening like myself. It's positive news, you know, that you don't have to just, you know, throw everything away that you've done just because you have a child right like of course obviously you want to grow and like all right how to be a better parent i'm sure you guys think about that every day what are we doing wrong what could we be doing better we're figuring it out as we go right as mo- as most parents do um that's cool to hear though i really like that okay so now if moral mateo is funny because my previous episode if you guys know is about third culture kids and i interviewed an adult who considers himself to be a third culture kid and just quickly a third culture kid's uh, simply speaking, is someone who was born outside of their parents' culture and has spent significant time outside of the country they were even born in. So Mateo could be potentially a TCK, born in Costa Rica, who knows how long he's going to be in Brazil, and he's obviously not, you know, being born and raised in the United States, where you guys are from. <laughs> so what what do you think about that? Or the possibility of Mateo having these these mixtures of cultures and, you know, all this stuff. What, what do you think about that? What goes through your mind? I want him to be, like, hardcore, super proud of being whatever capacity of Tico that he is. Just, like, <laughs> do you... Politically speaking, not by blood, obviously, because neither of us are Costa Rican. <laughs> but at the beginning, you know, Costa Rica for me is that's like that's home plate, and I'm, I want Mateo to love the country as much as I do, love the people, love the environment. Angel, when you post your Instagram stories, whether it's just outside of your apartment <laughs> or at Mount Antonio, wherever, I'm just like drooling over them, and we have. Beautiful nature here, absolutely beautiful nature for a city, like even for a city. Um, but I want Mateo to really experience Costa Rica, whether it's visits every year, every other year, or we at one point get to live back there. Um, that's a culture I definitely want him to learn to grow and learn to love as much as I do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I uh, I've definitely thought like thought about these uh, kind of ideas that. Um, go into, you know, being or being raised in a country where you don't feel like you're from. Mm-hmm. Um, myself, I, I was born in Texas, but my both of my parents were Mexican immigrants. They went to the United States uh, in the mid 80s. And so I always like up until college had like an identity crisis. Right. I, and I talked about this in my first episode uh, or episode number four. Episode four. Uh, check it out. But. <laughs> Yeah, number four, go and check it out. Um, but it, it, it was a weird identity kind of crisis for me, right? Like, I, I was born in the United States. I obviously do not look like Hannah, the leche part of, of this Café con Leche. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know. Is that copyright? Can we say this? I would really appreciate that. They right? might sue you. I'm going to I'm gonna have to tell them to chill out. Maybe not sue you, but I think it's... <laughs> well, we'll be Moros and Cristianos, right? Right? And being, so, uh, be That's a good one. That's a good one. <laughs> Was a face show. Uh, but yeah, I, I mean, I've, I've thought about it. If I had issues, like what's going to happen to Mateo where, um, you know, he's going to be raised in Brazil, born in Costa Rica, whose parents' cultures are both Mexican and, and the United States, you know. Um, I think that for him, 
he should embrace embrace it, right? Um, but I think it might be confusing when people ask you, like, where are you from, right? And he has to explain his whole identity uh, and culture background, mostly because although there are people that share the same story as him, they are very minimal in the percentage of the world's population, right? Most people who live in this planet right now, 7.5 billion, I think we're at seven, right? Seven, seven something. Um, they don't usually leave their country to live elsewhere and most definitely are not born in one country and then leave to another. I mean, mm -hmm. Mateo has been to four countries and uh, he's been on over a dozen uh, plane rides and he's <laughs> only 10 miles. Right. So I didn't get into onto my first plane until I was like, you know, over 18 years old. And I definitely didn't go to as many countries by the time I was 10 months. So he's living a life that's to us very odd, mm. even though we could kind of explain to him what it's like to be and live somewhere else, be from somewhere else. He is definitely not living the life that we lived growing up. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, so, that's, that's deep, man. Now go ahead. No, so I mean like you say you learn every day as a parent but there are things that he is going to live with that we might not be able as first experience to help him because we've never experienced something like that growing up right 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 i, I mean that's so i mean that's that's the part right because again it's so crazy like you said you didn't have the opportunity to get on a plane until you were 18 and here's mateo this little mateos be, growing up in Brazil, been on a dozen plane rides already. He don't even know it. Well, he probably does know. He's like, why am I always moving in the in the sky? <laughs> why are there always clouds around me? <laughs> but no, I think I think that's a really really deep thing. And of course, I'll be I would like to do a longitudinal study on Mateo's when, he, when he's about ten years old. Maybe we'll see. No, but I, I, I think that's great. But also, like I said, it's very complex, right? It's not a, like you said. It's not an easy answer. He's gonna have to experience this for himself. And as great as you guys are, you're like, yo, I, I'm not living your life, Mateo. Like, you know, this is what we got, but you got to go through it. So I think I think that's that. That's really really real. As you guys know, I could talk to you guys for forever. And I think I think who I think our first episode we did was like an hour and a half. This one cannot be an hour and a half, unfortunately. So so I gotta I gotta try to uh, unfortunately get to the last segment here. All right. So lightning round. You guys know how this works, Hanny. Listen every week. So you know how this goes. Oh yeah. Be prepared for this. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> Lightning. And you know what, what I'm going to do, actually? And I, this is from the Cafe Con Leche episode. Since you guys are a couple, I'm going to ask you questions. And you're going to give me one-word answers for certain questions. And you're going to respond at the same time. It's going to be like a nice little dating kind of segment to see where you guys at. You guys respond with the same answer. Ready? All right. All right. Favorite place in Porto Alegre. Three, two, one. Orla. Orla. Hey. <laughs> what, what, what did you guys say? What's it called? It's a it's this park right along the Goya that we mentioned earlier. It's got the biggest gay park yeah. in South America. So, it's got rest. I mean, it's a pretty easy. Yeah, place. just to make the translation to Spanish, Orla da Guaiba. Guaiba is the name of this lake river thing, and Orla means orilla, from mm, the edge yeah. of. Baiba, right? And so it's a, I would say like five mile long stretch of um, lakeside, riverside. Uh, I'm not going to argue this because we could be here for up. But um, there's the biggest skate park in South America is there. On top of that, you have a multitude of restaurants. There's this cool bar called Bar 360 where you're literally 
uh, on like plexiglass, right? And you walk and it says 360 views. Um, it's the Embarcadero is there, so you can get on. Beach volleyball courts. Beach volleyball courts, uh, football courts, basketball courts, and you can just walk. And in the weekends, they close those five miles for runners, bikers, and everything in between. And so we also enjoy running, and it's very nice to be able to run there. We actually have a 10K next month wow. coming up on the so. Nice, nice. Um, okay, next question. A place in Brazil that you want to go to, whether that takes a plane ride, a tr train ride, somewhere in Brazil where you're like, I have not experienced this and I want to go. Get ready. You guys got it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Three, two, one. It was who? Oh, okay. <laughs> you guys both said the same yeah. thing, right? No, no. she said oh. his Sifi, which... Other city I said it was who it was through all these waterfalls that are in the border of Argentina, Uruguay, and Brazil, and you could literally go to all three countries on one waterfall. Hesifi um, is in the north, so it's closer to the equator. It has a lot of corals. Hesifi, like reef. Mm -hmm, Recifi mm -hmm. is phonetically pronounced in English or Spanish, and um, just beach reefs. I heard there's sharks there. You know, that's cool. <laughs> cool, like, that's dope. Let's do that. <laughs> Um, what uh, is real on that list as well? Not really. I mean, mm. I, 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 Carnival I, is big, obviously, right. and that's one of those stereotypes. That's coming movies. up, right? February, no? We could get like half a week off for it. Yeah. Like five days off for Carnival. Mm. Oh, yeah, the full week off. Yeah. So that's a thing. How to navigate that with a kid. We have to wait. <laughs> we have to gonna wait for him to grow a little older and, um, and that but i mean yeah uh rio is part of the list but i think once you live here you realize how much more brazil has to offer besides the amazon besides rio that you kind of you know want to see other things as well because you've seen rio in pictures but it's different when you go there however it's mm -hmm. not in my top three or five or ten okay wow to be honest with you. Oh, interesting interesting all right L last off uh lightning round question I, I like this this is fun doing it with two people um favorite uh brazilian portuguese phrase or saying three two one this oh <laughs> <laughs> that's fine that's fine um yeah so what did, like, what did, what did like, you say julio what did you say I said Upa. Upa. Uh, so we have a market nearby. It's called Paulinho's. Or Shout Pal out to Paulinho. Shout out to Paulinho. He's like the 60-year-old dude who's had probably run this market since his father used to own it or whatever. But he has this local neighborhood market. He sells a lot of organic stuff, a lot of local stuff. And um, it's, it's rather like an older people's thing. They see you and they're like, Upa. You know, and to me it just sounds very... <laughs> It just means like hello. That sounds you know, cool like, as hell. Upa, I love it. I yeah. love it. And they turn around, they make like a little knot with their head, and they're like, Upa. You know? And so they just. <laughs> That's so, fun. But... That's fun. I love it. I love it. That's fun as hell. What did you say, Anna? I said Sesto, which is, it's spelled S E X T O U. So there's a joke. I'll tell you the original meaning is it's like you say it on Friday. Friday is Sesta Feira. Um, phonetically would sound like sexta feira. Uh -huh. And so it's like on Friday, you're going into the weekend, you'll say to like your coworkers, like, sisto, like, it's Friday. Like, it's Friday, let's go, uh, you know, like, right, enjoy right. the weekend. 
think or whatever. Um, and because of how it's spelled also, there's a joke because it's like spelled like sex to you. Right. So sometimes <laughs> even sex to you, like, yeah, go get it. <laughs> it's the weekend. Like, I love even I- hours. And we'll sign off email. Sesto. <laughs> <laughs> I love both of these. Bye. Umpa and Sesto. That's what you said, right? Yeah. I, I it's love weird because it. the days of the week, like Sabado, Domingo, is the same as Spanish. But then uh, every other day is numbered. So Monday, Segunda, Feira. Tuesday is Tercera, Feira. Wow. But I mean, to me, Monday is always the first day because of work. So it's weird that it's Segunda, which right, is second. Right, right. Um, and I, I kind of have to count in my hand, uh, like, what day is it? Okay, it's <laughs> it's it's Quinta Feira, you know. And so but everyone knows when. It's that's crazy. Feira. That's crazy. That's wild. That's wild. All right, final final question. This is always. I mean, this is as great as I imagined it would be. So I'm I'm glad that I was able to finally get you guys on. Um, all right, final final question for for each of you, Hannah. This, this will go to you first, Hannah and Julio. Same okay. question though. So you're in Brazil seven months. I don't know how long you guys are planning to be there. Obviously, you're raising a little old Mateus. I'm gonna call him Mateus. I'm not gonna call him Mateo anymore. I'm gonna say Mateus. Umpa, umpa. <laughs> so, <laughs> so what, Hannah? What do you want out of this experience in Brazil? Given that you've lived other places around the world already. But now, you know, you have a loving Julio, a loving baby, and you're also growing, obviously, personally and professionally. So what do you, you, Hannah, for you, what do you personally want out of Brazil in this experience? Okay. Many things running through my mind, but I would <laughs> kind of zero in on something that's already started to happen. So I love teaching. I absolutely love my job. And I loved it in Costa Rica, and I still love it here. And at the same time, I was shocked by how easy it was to separate, to step away from work, to, like, make sure that I'm also spending time with Julio and with Mateo. Um, It took, like, maybe two months to kind of get into the swing of things, because after maternity leave, I hadn't been in the classroom since last March. Mm. Um, And so something that I'm already starting to get out of this experience is really, I don't know, prioritizing like what, where I want to spend my time. Um, And I really like that the prioritization is generally on family. I, I don't know. I mean, one thing that I really like about the city is like we mentioned, it's very kid friendly. It's very um welcoming and whatnot but i mentioned it earlier as a skateboarder um like i i I made a project for school and uh, i showed skateboarding to the fifth graders they were losing their mind you know and uh living in the city that has you know produced some of the better pros and some of the pros that i really enjoy watching skateboarding um it's really rewarding to kind of have a renaissance of my skateboard love I skateboard a lot more here than I did back in Costa Rica, and I'd skate in Costa Rica about once a week. But mm. the culture is so big here that it's almost like welcoming to be a skateboarder of all levels, beginner, intermediate, advanced, or even pro. Um, and I, I think what I want is 
for me to you know continue being in love with this thing that I do because um, we Hannah has picked up on it and we go to the skate park together and we've put Mateo on a board already he's on a board since he was like one month old I, I would put him on my knees and just skate around with him so I think that seeing skateboarding continue being part of my life uh, is something that I really would like to take anywhere I go from here because again the city's culture of skateboarding and love of skateboarding is so big that it's made me kind of fall in love with something I love to do all over again. I hope you enjoyed that episode I had in Julio. I most definitely did. Uh, it's just great hearing their voices. I haven't actually have not spoken to them, you know, through the phone in a while. Um, probably since they left. And obviously, you know, you keep in contact through WhatsApp and Instagram, the usual. But it's nice to hear, you know, your friends' voices, right? Um, and have just a very, as we usually do, <laughs> super authentic conversations that we just see where it takes us. It's always so fun. Um, and yeah, and I hope I get to see them soon. It's, it's weird, I must say, hearing, knowing that they're living in a different continent. Like it's, you know, obviously it's part of the trade of, you know, this expat, quote unquote, expat foreigner lifestyle. You know, where your friends, you meet friends, you build these strong and quick bonds and then they, you know, they're gone. They're 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 on to other things. But um, it's nice to keep in touch, even though they're elsewhere. Hopefully, I get to see them soon. I feel like I will. I mean, yeah, and I mean, Brazil, right? Like, it's such a huge country, but I would like to go to Porto Alegre. It sounds cool the way they described it. And um, and yeah, I like to see my little nephew, Mateus. <laughs> you know, uh, I think that's cool. So that's also the good part about having people that you know elsewhere around the world. You get to visit these people, right? If you're going, it's like, okay, I know somebody that lives X, Y, and Z. That's definitely the good part of uh, this this kind of lifestyle that, that we live. Um, but yeah, it, Brazil sounds dope. Obviously, we didn't get to touch on a lot of things. You know, this is my longest episode in a while. Usually, Julio is also ep- where I did his episode, which is episode four, which is kind of crazy. Episode four. I'm, this is episode 80, guys. 76 episodes since I interviewed Julio. <laughs> it's kind of wild. Um, but anyway... Um, we didn't get touch on like Bolsonaro, right? The president of Brazil, who's pretty controversial, is called what the 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 Tropic Trump or something like that. Trump of the Tropics, I believe his nickname is. So we didn't get touch on that, but again, it's only an hour. I can't. I can only talk about so much, but um, <laughs> but maybe there'll be a part two in the making. Talk about more like maybe the politics or whatever else of of Brazil. But yeah, hope you enjoy that. Um, next week, I do not know what we'll have on. Um. Per usual <laughs> this is like the first time in like two weeks I actually knew who i was gonna have on so we'll see what i do we'll see what i come up on my sleeve but yeah anywho if you like what you hear as always please leave a review and subscribe to apple Podcasts. follow me on spotify and any of your favorite streaming platforms i really mean i really mean it it means a lot to me that feedback's important so yeah see you next week this is a living color abroad peace <laughs>